0: Going on. Happy Tuesday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110 993 WBT 704 570 1110 1 800 WBT 1110. I don't know about you, but I watched like almost six hours of the Charlotte City Council meeting last night. And boy, do I feel great today for it. No, I don't. But I did it for you. Okay. I, I watched it for you. I'm a giver. That's what I do. Uh, I watched it so you didn't have to. And uh, there are a couple big uh, topics that came out of it, but the one I'm going to focus on today is uh, the city's use for the COVID bailout money. We actually have uh, Congressman Ted Budd coming on later on in the program. I think that's at 1 o'clock. And then uh, later on, uh, I believe that's at 2, we're going to talk to Madison Cawthorn. So hope to have the whole topic wrapped up uh, by then. But um, Ted Budd has written a letter to the city of Charlotte, the mayor, saying, hey, I would really like some information on how you spent all of that uh, money or how you plan to spend this money, considering it seems kind of misleading the way you build it as this racial equity uh, initiative. And this is COVID relief money. So uh, we'll talk with him about that at one o'clock. So um Let me start with this, though, real quick, because the uh, the Ahmaud Arbery uh, jury now has the case. The closing arguments wrapped up down in Georgia and uh, they're deliberating now. Uh, Number two, uh, Joe Biden uh, has now proposed uh, taking a bunch of uh, uh, of the oil out of the strategic petroleum reserve And the markets have now responded by pushing oil prices higher. Is there anything these people do know? Seriously, is there anything they do know how to do? I mean, honestly, like I'm old enough to remember back uh, March, 2020 when uh, the Republicans were like, Hey, let's put some oil into reserve. I think it was like 70 plus million barrels and the, Democrats were like, "Oh, you're trying to bail out big oil." That was Chuck Schumer, Schumer. He was like, "You got you're you're just big oil. You're trying to bail out big oil." And uh then of course Biden wins, he kills the pipeline, and now the prices are through the roof. He goes begging to OPEC, and OPEC is like, "Pound sand, Biden." And uh so now Democrats are like, "Hey, let's tap that reserve." Which would be enough oil for like 2 days or so. Roughly. It's like a day and a half or two days, something like that. It's not a lot of oil he's talking about taking out. Okay, so this is not going to drive down the price of oil. In fact, it just drove the price of oil up because it smacks of a political decision based on panic. And the markets do not like uncertainty, especially if it is indicative of panic. So good job, Biden and company. All right, so the Charlotte City Council voiced concerns last night. This is according to the story at the Charlotte Observer by Will Wright. The Charlotte City Council members voiced concern last night about a lack of transparency in communicating how the mayor proposes using $10 million of federal COVID 19 relief money. On November 1st, Lyles announced, Mayor Vi Lyles announced a $250 million public private partnership to address racial equity issues across Charlotte, calling it a defining moment in the city's history and really good for her popularity. Lyle said 10 minutes... No, she didn't say the last part. But look, that's what this is about, guys. That's what all this is about, is that the mayor saw an opportunity to, uh, to burnish her bona fides and you know check a box, get a win for her reelection and or potential run for some other office and knowing that the mayor doesn't actually have the ability to control 70 something million dollars because we don't have a strong mayor system we do not have a strong mayor system in North Carolina. We have a council manager form of government. That's how cities operate. And by the way, um, some of just real quick. there was a, a a part of the meeting late last night. I, I maybe I'll pull the audio some point in the future, but I can just take care of this real quickly that Democrats were lamenting that there's Powell bill money that is getting diverted. I forget him, it's like six million dollars and uh, the state is keeping it. They changed the fund the, the allocation formula and the city council's like, I can't believe the state's keeping our money. By the way, this is not a new complaint from any city ever in North Carolina. And uh, there's this belief that the Republicans are just uniquely evil as a state body taking money from cities. And that is just farce. It's a lie. It's not true. I am old enough, literally old enough to remember. I covered the stories 20 years ago when the Democratic Party controlled this state, as they had for over a century and a half. And they would constantly raid the city's coffers, constantly withhold money. Oh, there was a. Big reimbursement on, I think, sales tax money or maybe it was a franchise tax they withheld because the state needed to balance its budget. This was right about the same time that they were implementing, quote, temporary sales taxes that never went away until Republicans finally beat them. And then uh, uh, sunsetted the uh, the temporary sales taxes that were supposed to have sunset. This was also around about the same time when Democrats were trying to balance budgets that that they had completely broken. Um they were also withholding people's individual state income tax refunds. So, you know, like when you pay too much, you have the government take too much money out of your paycheck throughout the year. So they just hold on to that for you. This was it. This was a a learning moment for me because I learned, hey, that's my money. Why is the state keeping my money? And Governor Mike Easley's, well, Pete, we we need to balance all budgets. And so he kept my tax money, my refund. It was my money. You took too much. You overtaxed me for an entire year. And then when I went to get my money back from you, you were like, well, sorry, we're going to hold on to it a little bit longer until we get some more revenue in from everybody else paying their taxes that they owe us. So I had to wait. So yeah, not a fan. So ever since then I will pay. And I have, I have paid penalties of like $15 or so. Like, Very, very small penalty. I've paid a penalty because I don't let them take enough money out of my paycheck on the front end. I would rather pay you. (laughs) I'd rather pay you afterwards just so that never happens to me again. Because they kept hundreds of dollars from me. So that's the way Democrats did budgeting. And they would take money from the cities. And I remember Pat McCrory as mayor going to Raleigh, arguing against them withholding uh, millions of dollars from the city. That was the cities that the city was, you know, by right entitled to, but the state kept it. So this is not a new phenomenon. Now, uh, does that make it right? No, it does not. But I would point out this for people who may not be aware. Cities are merely administrative units of the state. The state is the seminal authority. That is the whole ball of wax. All right, so who gets the credit... For Charlotte's Equity Initiative. It's called the Mayor's Initiative. But the mayor didn't have any real authority to donate a bunch of taxpayer money to this effort. So that would have been up to the Charlotte City Council. But then why is it called the Mayor's Equity Initiative? And why does the Charlotte City Council feel like uh, they weren't aware that the mayor was getting ready to do this and branded. Look, and that's what this is. It's a branding effort. Mayor Vi Lyles wanted her name attached to this big thing. It's a big deal. A big Biden-esque deal, right? That's what, see, and by the way, this is part of the, um, it's in the DNA of the left. Everything is historical. Everything is like the biggest ever. It's, it has to be so. And the the trade-off there, obviously, there's a downside to this, which is that while that uh, is really attractive to your base, a lot of moderates and and your opponents, they're not so cool with the big transformational things, you know? They kind of like the way things are. They kind of like some of that stuff. And you constantly pushing the biggest thing ever is not comforting. It's not comforting always. All right, so... Uh, last night, well, in order to understand what happened last night, you actually got to go back to October, uh, the city council retreat. And uh, at the time, they were in this ballroom. The audio is not great, but um, I've got some uh, a couple of clips pulled. And so at the time, the vice mayor, Julie Iselt, wanted to get the money out the door. As soon as possible. And here's how she's here's we've how she are. Some of the
1: that. categories under community vitality that are ready to go. Would it make sense for us to make decisions while we're here on those categories so that we can get some of that sixty million deployed right away?
0: Now this is remember ARPA money. This is COVID relief, America Rescue Plan Act. This is ARPA money that they're talking about that they have had since May. They've had this money for months. And they haven't pushed it out the door.
1: There's, t- there's a lot of need in the community. We've talked a lot about, council members have brought up the YMCA programming as one. Um, the support for food deserts, I don't know if you've, you know, whatever you mm-hmm. have stood up, yeah. ready to go. Could you let us know? Because sure. they need to get going on those things. And if we're ready to make a decision, let's do that. And then dedicate the time needed for those other more complicated lines.
2: Yeah, I think that today we're hopeful. We're
3: hopeful for feedback on everything, and, and we're hopeful for your support for as many of this, for as much of this as you're willing to support. I mean, we can move quickly on all of these. Now, I will say some of them are shovel ready, and we could start spending money tomorrow. We've staged a lot of this, but we haven't entered into firm commitments on any of it, with the exception of the two million dollars for arts. Um, you know, things like housing, of course, will take some time
2: to play out. So, uh, so uh, I guess, John, if you can go back one slide. Sure. So, the staff's recommendation would be to get the whole 60 million approved today.
1: And I and I thought that here's the mayor. I thought we were talking about voting today. Um, at this, if we are ready with the 60 million, so that the ready projects can get in place and begin to be used, we don't want to have this money sitting around.
0: There you go. See, so I thought we were going to vote on this today, right? So there is – they've got – and you're going to hear probably at some point there's a discussion about buckets of money. So they've got these categories or buckets that they've set up where they want to just pour a bunch of this free money from the feds. They're going to just dump it all in there and we'll figure it out later. But let's just like put a heading on this bad boy like we want to fund – you know chocolate milk and all the water fountains like just put all the money in that bucket and yes we are for that and then you can put out the press release that you're funding this fantastic project that everybody likes and sure to win you the election as student body president so councilman tark bakari then says he wants some more specificity on certain expenditures some of these buckets
3: i don't necessarily agree with the allocations based on the need uh, I mean, when I see small business with $5 million in it, when right now the most critical thing in our community is the you know 10,000 plus small businesses that provide 60% of the workforce in the entire community are the ones that are struggling the most right now. And they need retooling. They need not survive, but thrive based solutions across every vertical industry that's there and there's a lot of work inside Tracy's shop going on with hire. And this is a component of that. But I think there are some other things that, you know, I, I could argue in any of those buckets that what's in small business should, should, should be prioritized over anything else there. So I, I that's, I'm just not sure that the dollar amounts match ultimately where the need is for sustainable solutions.
0: righty. So in order to understand the confusion that, is occurring on the city council. You have to understand another piece of information. And that is this. Let me pull up the website. <clears throat> it is uh whois.com. You know what whois.com? You know what you do there? You check out websites, domain registrations and the website equityclt.org. Equity Charlotte, equityclt.org registered back on October 8th. So three weeks before this retreat, there is an email address registered equityclt.org by Network Solutions, which this is what they do. It's technical support specialists. They handle lots of these types of uh, uh, domain purchases and the like. Stuff was already moving towards this equity initiative. This uh, retreat where they had this discussion, this funding component eventually becomes part of the mayor's announcement. A reminder that we here at WBT, along with the Carolina Panthers and WSOC-TV, proud to announce the return of Hancock's Bikes for Kids. It's back by Cam Newton, Tuesday, December 7th, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., Bank of America Stadium. 28 years we've been doing this. John. Well, John's been doing this since he was just a young child. He's been collecting bicycles for 28 years, giving them to local kids, and uh, we need your help this year. So if you can, uh, pick up a bike, try to get it early, supply chain, blah, 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 um, and uh, bring it on down. Go to WBT.com for the details, and thank you very much for support in the past and support this year as well. So uh, at the city council retreat back in October, a couple weeks back, City Council is asked to approve a bunch of different money from the ARPA, the America Rescue Plan Act. Uh, And this is in addition to the COVID relief money, the CARES Act funding, the first round. This is the second batch of money. The city got its first check for this stuff in May. By the way, they're getting another check, I think, next May, too. So there's a bunch of money that's been just getting pushed. This is like helicopter money, right? And uh, all this cash just getting pushed out the door and uh, the city's just racing to figure out ways to spend it. And city council gets this quote plan for how to spend it. And there are a couple different buckets or categories that they're going to shovel the money into. And some of these areas are areas that the city has been working in for a while. And some of them are kind of brand new and, at their retreat, Councilman Tark Bakari says, "Hey, um, I want some more specifics on some of this stuff." And he starts going through the, you know, discussing like um, one of them was the, the the digital divide issue or digital inclusion or internet inclusion or something like that. And he's like, "What exactly is the plan here?" So he's asking some, you know, for he's asking for specifics and some plans, some structure around the spending in these different categories. The vice mayor ISIL, she then argues for just stepping on the gas. We'll worry about the plans later. Can I just so. say
1: something? I think as a council member who votes on it, we don't know much about what you're talking about. And so we've got $60 million. From what I see, there's $12 million there that if you're working on this with staff, it's fungible once we approve it. Yeah.
0: And so- money printer go, Broom. that's what she's talking about. Just throw a bunch of money at stuff. Uh, You know, they'll come back to us like they're the professionals. We'll just leave it to them. This kind of abdication of your oversight is just it's irresponsible. All right. Back to the. audience.
1: So you could do that. But as a council member, I want to get this money out into the community, especially Mm -hmm. youth, teen impact, food insecurity, Mm -hmm. arts and culture, because that's small business. Um, Digital, you know, all of those things are just being held up. For honestly, a plan that we don't know what it is, and so it's not that it's not. I a
3: totally plan. Agree. anything that's, that you just listed. I think there's a difference. There's two things. There's money that just goes out the door, uh-huh. and those things you just listed are that. I, there's no, I don't have any problem with that mm-hmm. right now because they're smaller amounts mm-hmm. and they're going to other established entities that know how to spend them. There are other things that we have to execute on in some form or fashion, mm-hmm. and that's uh, small business workforce, not hospitality so much. Um, digital inclusion, um, public safety. but well, I don't know specifically on where that public safety money is earmarked for, but, like, those are things that we, it's not just like a, okay, we'll cut the check. It's a, we have to do work that have strategies, but maybe don't have the next detail of execution that staff will immediately go and then work on.
0: All right. So, the city manager, Marcus Jones, he says, Look, every category of spending has some collaboration already set up. See, so there's somebody else that we're going to be handing this money off to. Okay. So he got, and then like the mayor pipes up, like, Oh, like on digital inclusion, we got the library and CMS and Queens and the private sector. And there was the first hint. There's the first hint. All right, just keep that in mind. She is. She's talking about all of the private or other public sector entities that are involved. And we have some collaborators already on the digital inclusion bucket. Then you got Councilman Driggs, who expresses concern that there's going to be a push to spend all of the money in every category, even if there's going to be a better use for some of that money elsewhere.
4: Uh, I think as a template, this is something that we can adopt. And and, and in order to proceed, because I think the fact that it's been so long since we got this money uh, puts pressure on us. You know, the community has needs. They're wondering why we're not taking more urgent action to meet the needs. I get all of that. On the other hand, I haven't seen the kind of information I would normally want in order to be able to justify this particular allocation. Like, what is the situation of these businesses that we want to help? You know, what needs of theirs are we addressing? I personally think that we should have a little bit more for the hospitality, the hotel relief fund than just $1 million, personal opinion. Um, On the digital inclusion, before we actually go out and spend $10 million, I would like to know more about what particular uses we have found for that money. So I think if we do adopt this today, if we could kind of view it as a template and understand that more information will come to us about the specific uses that are intended for this, Like, we're going to give $500,000 to this organization. We are going to conduct this program. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that isn't reflected in here that we normally ought to have before we make a decision of this magnitude.
0: All right, so that's Driggs. Next up, then, excuse me, you've got the um, manager Jones says, look, this is all very confusing. You've got, uh, uh, you know, some some uh, requests here from council that uh, this is very confusing. I,
2: I think the most important thing oh, line on, is we clip. deal with that, that so uh, there it we're just getting mixed signals from uh, council.
0: Mixed signals. Uh,
2: it's, we need some help. We, we This is not the first time we've presented this. There are two yes. changes yes. and that's for $3 bucks, arts and culture, which yes. is great for the corridors and food insecurity. Is collaborating with the county. That's what you asked us to do. I think anything other than approval, I just don't know how to operate.
0: Anything other than approval, I just don't know how to operate. We're getting mixed signals. Now, remember, Driggs just said there's a lot of stuff that isn't reflected in here that we normally ought to have before we make a decision of this magnitude. But because it's free money, right, it's just a whole bunch of money that the feds just kicked down to us. And we can throw them in a bunch of different buckets. Let's do that. And Driggs is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got a bunch of money. Yes, but we're supposed to be stewards of these tax dollars. So let's look at how we're going to use the money. Some of this stuff actually may have unintended consequences. There's one of these, um, because one of the uh, headings here is the corridors of, what do they call it? Corridors of innovation, I think is what they're calling it. And that's the bulk of the money. And uh, that's their—that's uh, up for uh, debate, at least right now. They're arguing over some of this money, and and uh, Driggs's point was like, "Hey, you got a bunch of this money that's going to get devoted to these corridors, to doing infrastructure and maybe aesthetic improvements, and you're going to have development dollars follow that. Are you creating gentrification? <laughs> it's possible. It's very, very possible." that you could be creating unintended consequences here. So we should look at this. We should make sure we know what we're voting for before we vote for it. That was October 26th. Next chapter after this check on traffic, the city of Charlotte getting a bunch of money from the feds for COVID relief. Part of it under the ARPA, the American Rescue Plan Act. And back in October, they had their city council retreat and they discussed uh, this idea that they are going to put a whole bunch of different uh, chunks of money into different categories. And uh, two of them specifically raised some concerns among uh, Tark Bakari, the city councilman, uh, like, hey, what's some of the specifics here? Councilman Ed Driggs also like, hey, what are some of the specifics on this stuff? And, you know, we shouldn't just race ahead to spend every dime in a category just because we put it in that bucket. We should, you know, seek to be good stewards of the of the taxpayer dollars, $62 million uh, earmarked for the corridors of opportunity and another $10 million for digital inclusion. All right. So the mayor says at this uh, retreat that look, all of this stuff has contracts and plans will come forward. We're trying to move $60 million. The question is whether you're ready to move forward in these categories. We need to tell our partners that we're willing to put money up for, like, the digital inclusion, we have to tell people, these organizations, like, we're in, we're going to kick in the money. And so Tark Bakari said, so what exactly is the digital inclusion money? Is that what this is for? And staff said, yeah, kind of. It's not really defined yet, though. So this was what they did when they decided to push money towards these categories back in October. Malcolm Graham, city councilman, former state lawmaker, said that he trusts the manager uh, and that, look, these are areas the council was working on already, you know, arts and workforce development. So council agrees to move forward with a request that the manager comes back to council if there was any deviation from the agreed upon motion. Five days later, we get the press release. Headline, newly announced Mayor's Racial Equity Initiative seeks to raise a quarter of a billion dollars to address inequities and boost opportunity in Charlotte Mecklenburg and in the list of things that it would do corridors of opportunity and digital inclusion. 16% will be comprised of low return debt and equity for investments in Charlotte's six corridors of opportunity and Then, of course, the digital inclusion, uh, establishing a center for digital equity, yada, yada, yada. She then, I mean, it's a two-page press release. It's a public-private partnership for an equitable Charlotte. And then you got the website, equityclt.org, and Foundation for the Carolinas, naturally, leading the fundraising efforts, which had been underway. She talks about the public sector. City of Charlotte commits $72 million and the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Library committed eight. So the 72 million, where does that come from? 62 million corridors of opportunity and 10 million digital inclusion. She gets the credit. She has no authority to allocate this funding. She's the mayor. Council allocates this funding, which they did, which they did. But then why is it not called the Charlotte Racial Equity Initiative? Why is it the mayor's? Racial Equity Initiative. How did the city council get uh, get short-circuited out of the, uh, the branding effort here? <laughs> I mean, like this is, you may think this is petty, <clears throat> and it kind of is. But this is what the fight is about, that she doesn't have the authority to allocate this funding. So she got the council to allocate the funding, and then branded it as the mayor's initiative. <laughs> That's what this is about. The manager clarified. City manager Marcus Jones clarified last night at the council meeting. After the council members went to the manager and said, "You need to put this on the agenda. We need to talk about this," and so he did. And it's on the. It was on the agenda. And here's what he said as part of I, the. I think the
2: most briefing. important thing, at bottom line up front, as we deal with that that box of the city funds, um, there are a couple of principles that are extremely important is that this uh, council is the oversight board, if you will, of all of the city funds that are related to um, the corridors of opportunity and whatever occurs in terms of digital inclusion. And it's also important, I put this out front, that no city funds for the digital inclusion will be spent until city council approves of a plan.
0: All right, so you guys are going to have a plan. Come on, come on. Look, You've just committed the money. We'll come back to you with the plan later. And council members, rightly so, point out at that point, it's too late. You've already committed. I mean, you already put out a two-page press release. You got a website domain registered. You did the big announcement, quarter of a billion dollars for equity. Look at us. We're not racist. Like, this is the point. And if you think the city council is going to be able to, what, defund the digital inclusion initiative? It's going to be able to defund the corridor of opportunity initiative? You're crazy. They're not, they've already been boxed in. They've already been boxed in. These decisions are made. The plan, basically irrelevant at this point. How are you going to get a majority of council? To upend this thing now. Train's already left the station. So, Councilman Driggs said uh, uh, that the private list is now last night at their their, uh, pre-meeting meeting meeting that they do. It started at like 5 o'clock. And they asked for an update on this and to discuss this. And Driggs says that the private fundraising process uh, and the assignment of public dollars... He says, as you're talking about this tonight, it, you, you make it sound as if these things are independent of each other, but they're not. They're, in fact, interdependent, or I would just say dependent. They are dependent on each other. You've got a dual track going, but the city and the private sector, they're, they're both moving along together, right? Had the city not put up the money, then the private dollars probably would not have materialized or, at the very least, would not have materialized to the extent that they did. And staff confirmed that, by the way. They did say, yeah, that's it is a public-private partnership. Right. Which means you need both of the public and the private sectors involved. He then says, does access to the private money depend on release of public dollars? And that's when they said, the staff said, well, there would be creation of Not really sure yet. They called it, you know, like an advisory committee or advisory council. Still working on the branding on that. And that the city and the private sector would then establish control over the allocation of the money, setting up the metrics and the measurements and the benchmarks and all of the, you know, the jargon that is required here. And they're in the process right now of populating these oversight boards. And so they're happy to have council representation on these committees. Now they are, but they haven't up until last night. This has all raised some questions for Congressman Ted Budd. We'll hear from him up next.